0: I'm joined online by Gabrielle Aladua, who is an organizer with Justice for Migrant Workers um, in Ontario, uh, an activist uh, organization that has for many years spoken out about uh, the struggles of uh, agricultural migrant workers um, working on farms in Ontario, but also in other parts of Canada uh, and also in Quebec. Um, the uh, um, Justice for Migrant Workers organization uh, was involved in a recent uh, exhibition installation uh, by artist Farah Miranda called Speaking Fruit and uh, Gabrielle was uh, involved in that and we were going to talk about uh, both the work of uh, Justice for Migrant Workers and also this exhibition uh, installation Speaking Fruit but first of all a good day Gabrielle.
1: Yeah, good day. Thanks for this welcome opportunity.
0: Oh, it's great to uh, have you on the program. Uh, So maybe first to start, um, can you just uh, introduce yourself and uh, share with us a a little bit about uh, uh, justice for for migrant workers and and what you do?
1: I am from a very small country in the Caribbean named St. Lucia. I spent four years as a migrant farm worker in Canada. I was really, really happy and grateful when I got the opportunity to work in Canada on the farm because at that time I was unemployed as a result of a hurricane in my home country. And with a family to support and being unemployed, maybe that was the lowest point in my life. So um, upon arriving in Canada, I realized that my expectations of Canada and reality on the ground, it's not the same. There's a big gap, which I call the 20 dark sides of Canada. And it is only the group Justice for Migrant Workers I, I came across that is really a voice for we, the voiceless in Canada. And now I'm really happy to be associated with that project, The Speaking Food, which is able to go around and let Canadians know that behind the fruits that we eat, the vegetables that we eat, that there are 20 injustices. So there's a
0: lot of issues that you brought up. Um, thank you for sharing a bit about your, your story. Um, can, can you speak to um, the difference between the rhetoric that you had heard about the conditions of workers in Canada and what you experienced? And then how did that lead you to being involved um, in a, a justice-oriented organization like Justice for Migrant Workers?
1: Okay, two things. First of all, in my home country, Canada has been good to me on two occasions in my home country. 31 years ago i was on the verge of leaving school without completing a full secondary school education and uh, thanks to canada the people and the government of canada for that gift 45 years ago of a secondary school it was at that school I was able to complete a full secondary education and it was during that time, you know, based on the information at the school, Canada is a will leader, Canada is not a follower. A lot of the information in these books are compared to Canada. Canada is a place of standards and that, that, that is, at that time I developed that love and understanding of Canada. And the second occasion canada was good to me is when i when i was unemployed with a family to support i got the opportunity to work there so on two occasions in my home country canada have been good to me so so um it's very it's very um clear that that during that time my perception of canada was that high but it's only when you get into canada and also for many years i know of people in in my country who've been on the program but they're really quiet, they don't they don't complain, they don't say anything about the program. In fact, when they when they get back home, you'd see them well dressed, with you know, they, they look really well. It was really appealing to me in the countryside. So so that is what I saw. I only saw the bright side. But when it's only when I landed here that I really got to see that um my my perception is not what is really ha- um, the, the truth that's on the ground. And also being, uh, being um, um you know, disappointed with what is really um, existing in Canada, the condition, the working conditions. I was really happy that during my first year, I came across uh, that group, Justice for Migrant Workers, who were organizing a vigil in, in somewhere in Kitchener. And it was during that time I realized that, you know, that there are people who are concerned working with migrant workers, for migrant workers. And I, I was really, really happy to, to come across that group. And from that from that point in time, from that point, I've been, I've been working with them and organizing for better conditions in Canada.
0: So, uh, on this point, can you highlight some of the problems that uh, and, and challenges and injustices that migrant workers are facing today?
1: Um, they're, they're so numerous, right? As I said, there are 20 challenges that migrant farm workers face, but let me talk a little about the program. The Seasonal Agricultural Workers Program this year is the 51st anniversary of that program but that program is built on unjust just principles principle number one we are here to do jobs canadians do not want to do and what are those jobs they are dirty jobs they are dangerous jobs and they're they're they difficult jobs that's one number two and we have no rights to apply for status in canada status means rights so we are here to do dirty jobs and with no rights we, we do not have the same rights as a canadian worker and to make it worse Another principle of that of, of that program is that we are tied to the farms, to the to our employees. So we are tied to our employees with um, to do dirty jobs and not with the same rights as a Canadian worker. So you can see, based on these three principles, these are unjust, and and as a result of that, we have a whole myriad of problems, twenty difficult challenges.
0: Well, um, I I would imagine that the justice for migrant workers. Um, uh, has detailed a lot of these issues a lot of these issues on your website what what is your website
1: um it is org.
0: okay harvestingfreedom.org great thank yes. you um so gabriel um you have been involved in this um initiative this artistic initiative called speaking fruit uh, yes. can you talk about it and why it was important for you to be involved
1: sure um just a little um last year was the 50th anniversary of the seasonal agricultural workers program and during the, to to highlight um the 50th anniversary we had a march and caravan from all the way from Lymington to Windsor, and from windsor all the way to ottawa the, um, the three objectives of of that um, march and caravan was to um, get in contact with workers to to let the canadian public know that injustices exist in the production of fruits and vegetables, and also in Ottawa to lobby the the politicians who are who are ones making the laws and unjust laws, unjust policies that have um, that have us um, been um, so vulnerable and and been exploited. And this year been uh, um, been um, a year when Canada is celebrating 150 years. It um, the the speaking food project is very appropriate in in in, uh, in a follow-up to to last year's caravan and also um, a good time to, to tell Canada that everybody in society are not celebrating and it's a good time to tell Canadians that in shaping the future that we too we we can play a role in shaping the future that we want where everybody can truly enjoy Canada and you know as the the place of, of freedom the place of access the place of opportunities for all
0: so um yeah, could you talk about how Speaking Fruit project went and how you were involved and why it was important for you?
1: Yeah, sure. Because what happened with with, um, with Speaking Fruit, what happened is um, basically in a nutshell, um, the question we asked farm workers is the, if the fruits and the vegetables that we grow, if they could speak in the refrigerators, on the dinner tables, in the grocery aisles, what would we want them to say? And um, that that is the question we pose to farm workers and and um the answers that they give the answers that they gave, that is what we go around to 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 let canadians know that behind the fruits that they eat the vegetables that they eat, that there are lots of injustices so so um the way the program is structured is that um there's the threat of deportation the threat of deportation of migrant workers and um, that keeps us quiet but um this project it it um because it, it's involved um art is involved, art com- comes to play. It is it's it's like a super highway. There's no limitation. So it allowed the language barrier that that some of the migrant workers face. The language barrier was removed by using art. Also um, some of of, of our colleagues on the program they illiterate so art removes those barriers and also the the the, the constant fear of being deportation the constant fear of being um, um of, of reprisal art takes away those barriers and that is what i'm really happy about the, uh, because mm-hmm. art is just like a super highway that allow those workers to express express freely with confidence you know that the injustices that they face and also the fact that um The Speaking Fruit is a a mobile project that moves from community to community, cities to cities. That is what they did. They too are really happy about that their messages can uh, uh, link. They can link their messages from the farm, from the production and to the consumers and the cities.
0: Yeah, so um, this idea of art being a doorway for Uh, people to be able to express their experience people uh, working as uh, migrant agricultural workers Um, of course these voices aren't heard at a lot of the um, you know the farmers markets as they're called uh, where quote unquote local produce is sold and these farmers markets often have uh, a sort of progressive image in people's minds Um, why do you feel it was important for this project to take place and what sort of taboo subjects um, or subjects that are not well known? Do you, do you hope that this project will shine light on?
1: Okay, two things. One is um, in Canada, we are told buy local and that is a great thing, right? When you think of local, we think of something that's fresh, something that's nutritious, something that is um, contributing to our good health and also supporting the local economy. But the, the truth is, When we buy local, according to a friend of mine, he calls it, we are supporting polite genocide. We are so, um, are we supporting people who exploit the soil, who exploit the environment and who exploit the workers? Or are we buying our fruits and vegetables from people who respect the soil, respect their workers and treat the environment fairly? That is one. The other issue is at the farmer's market, you only see the, the employer. You do not see the workers. And that is that is why that is because the whole system is designed to with invisible walls that makes us invisible. The farm workers, the farm workers are are made invisible in Canada. And that is what I'm really happy about this project, that we that are made invisible because of so many layers of laws and policies and fears, so many layers of that, that this project is 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 in the process of bringing down those walls. Donald Trump speaks of a physical wall, but in Canada there are lots of invisible walls and that is what this project is seeking to do, to bring down those walls and, and to highlight the injustices and to, to lobby people in the community, to lobby the politicians, lobby the leaders, to, 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 um, to change those unjust laws and to create better conditions for everyone in society.
0: Gabrielle um, Aladua from Justice for Migrant Workers, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for this great opportunity, and I wish you a a good afternoon.
0: Okay, you too. Take care. Beautiful. Bye-bye.